the Hockey Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. By the professor, the market mover, the line whisperer, Joel Meyer. How are we doing tonight, Joel? Uh, my reputation precedes me, I guess. Uh, those are some very kind words there. But uh, yeah, I was doing fine before I got all that uh, adulation. Um, as you know, my my the power was out here all day because some guys are working out front. Uh, so I was out as well, just uh, getting some groceries, some nice chicken thighs. Pick up some fajitas for the uh, the weekend there, and uh, a whole lot of beer. So I'm all stocked up and uh, ready to go. Nothing wrong with that. Some uh, fajitas and beer there. It's a, it's a pretty good combination. Yeah. That's that's my life. It's fajitas and beer. That's all I make. <laughs> that's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. And uh, before we get into this here, make sure top of the show. If you uh, enjoy what you're listening to, make sure you subscribe and follow the Hockey Yellow Podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, Spotify and Apple are the two main ones. Spotify. You can go to sg.pn slash hockey. Yes, Apple is sg.pn slash hockey. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Let us know what you think. And give us a follow on Twitter as well, at hockey sgpn. And, of course, make sure you get into the Discord, sg.pn slash Discord. Got a bunch of guys throwing around plays, different points of view, different perspectives, live bets. So a lot of good stuff going on in there. If you're not in there already and you've been listening to the show, I don't know why you're not there yet. And also, just make sure you check out the uh, Sports Government website itself, sportsgovernmentpodcast.com. We've got World Cup uh, coming up on Friday morning. There's plenty of stuff about that. We've got college football, bowl season coming up, winter meetings picking up. we got a, an article about that. Blake had out, had a, had a fantasy baseball podcast with yours truly uh, dropped yesterday. So a lot of stuff going on. Make sure you check it out all at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. All right, before we uh, get into the games here, as usual, when it's a uh, two-man show, we have a Professor Joel segment lined up, and this one is uh, is rather important, I feel like. So uh, take it away here. Yeah, I don't want to say as usual, because I don't know how many more of these I can do, <laughs> considering we, uh, we record every week, uh, usually once or twice with just us. So uh, eventually we're going to run out, so don't, don't expect uh, this to last forever. But uh, when I think of something, I will add it, or when I get a, a good listener question, preferably in a review. I can mm-hmm. um, I can add more that way, but uh, for now we got we got some good stuff left. So today we're gonna go over hockey analytics, uh, and it applies to every sport, really, not just hockey, of course. Um, when it comes to betting any sport, you want to be aware of the difference between the more meaningful and the less meaningful stats, because some stats are more descriptive than they are predictive. And as betters, we want to have a better idea of what will happen than what did happen, even if uh, obviously they're related. Uh, traditional stats, which some call counting stats, include goals scored, special teams, percentages, shots on goals, save percentage, etc. Are fine for giving one a general idea of how a game went, but they only uh, scratch the surface because they don't account for a lot of the variance that occurs in the sport. 
many of those numbers are the product of luck more than they are the product of sustainable, excellent performances, which is what we need to know about if we want to correctly judge how a team is playing and therefore accurately project how they'll play going forward. This is where so-called analytics comes in, which is really just a fancy word for advanced stats uh, or stats that uh, weren't used traditionally. It's like there's, there's no uh, substantive difference between uh, the other stats and these. It's just uh, new stats, you'd say. Um, but anyway, these stats try to give us a better measure of a team by relaying to us things like chances created, possession numbers, quality of zone entries, which are aspects of the game that are more indicative of a team's ability than simply putting pucks in the net or shots on goal. We say it all the time. Hockey is a sport that is more luck-driven than most others, given the nature of skating with a river puck that bounces all over the place. Uh, even if the rules of a football game stated that an incomplete pass became a fumble instead of a loss to down, it still would not be as chaotic as a, of a sport as hockey is. This is why it's so important to recognize the underlying stuff that happens in the game that is far less lucky. Now, of course, the books and the market as a whole are by, uh, they're, they're, they're well aware of this stuff, of analytical understanding. So unlike in the early days when guys armed with these advanced stats absolutely crushed, today's lines are more reflective of how teams are playing. Still, that only makes it more crucial to get a handle on this stuff. Otherwise, it's like you're surrendering ground to the enemy by being ignorant of important information that is known by him. That said, there's still a wealth of information being gathered as we speak, since this is a relatively young field, so there's undoubtedly more edges to be found as more data is developed. It's just a matter of applying it before the general market does. The hockey line analytics guy at the Athletic, Dom Lushizhen, or however you say it, for instance, has created his own model that grades every single player in terms of how far or below replacement level he is, which uh, he calls GSVA, or Game Score Value Added. This way, he's always able to get a decent understanding of a team's quality based on who exactly is in the lineup in any given game. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll get into uh, a few of these things. Uh, do you have any thoughts there? Or uh... Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think analytics has become just a big polarizing buzzword in the sports space just entirely. And anytime a team makes a decision based off numbers at all, everyone's like, oh, the, I guess the analytics said that. The analytics must have been what was the driving force behind that decision. Analytics have always been used in sports. They're just being more widespread now because there's more information available. It's more public. Anyone can do it. So more, it's just more present and more on the surface. Like people, if a team is is out shooting another team, they play better. But if you say, oh, they they had more courses, coursey attempts or or shot attempts, people are like, oh, that that doesn't matter. What was the final score? It's it's all rolled into one, and it's just finding different ways to measure the, these teams beyond the tra traditional box score, which, you know, like you said, any edge you can get on, on the book or any edge you can get on your opposition is something you have to do. It's like the difference between looking at the result compared to look at the process. Uh, when you look at a bet and a game, the, the result of the game, sure, if you lost the bet, uh, obviously you lose the money. But uh, if you actually look how the game goes, maybe you're unlucky. Maybe it was the right bet. Um, if a team should have won the game, according to um, all these stats, then uh, you could say, okay, I made a good bet. This is a bad result because that's the way that these the sports go. A lot of them is just uh, luck-based. But, uh, yeah, some people just say, oh, if you lost your bet, it means it's a bad bet. That's not how it works. And uh, the, the same thing can apply to uh, the analytical stuff versus the accounting stuff. Uh, yeah, give us the uh, give us the first one. Oh, yeah. It's a good thing we didn't have this uh, conversation with Talon, or maybe we should have had. <laughs> if we had, uh, we had a nice argument about it, you can give us uh, some counterpoints, I guess. Uh, but yeah, there, there's definitely something to just like, um, you know, more gut stuff, intuitive, and assessing like the the uh, what do you would call it, the eye 
the eye the, test. The eye test, yes. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's something important. The too, intangibles, but... the the grittiness, the the willingness to put your body on the line, that type of stuff that can't be measured, but I mean, it technically can. But uh, I, I understand both sides of it. Oh, I, I'm actually more on that side. But my my thing is that you can't watch every fucking game. Like, mm-hmm. unless you, you just, your whole job is watching every game like a, that's the only way that the eye test is is uh is a uh, can be used more uh potently or uh, more uh usefully as opposed to like the analytics which give you all that stuff just right at the click of a button um so that that's that's another reason why the analytics are useful plus a lot of people do it, they just they can't do the eye test because they're not good at analyzing how the hockey goes but it's it's a lot easier to do the uh let the analytics guys do the math for you and so forth uh so that's that's going to that but uh, this stuff is more important too for the regular season as opposed to the playoffs when when more of those intangibles come out so uh yeah just a few things there so what do you want to give us uh the first couple couple little uh analytical stats yeah well, well just just a thing off that i think the eye test you, if like you know what kind of team it is like with the flyers they're a john tortorella coach team so they're going to be playing hard or like if it's a team that's constantly playing above their level like if their expected goals for percentages in the bottom half of the league but they're in the top half of the league maybe they have outside factors goaltending just special teams whatever and yeah, I guess I'll kick it off here. I, th- I thought you were going to kick it off with Corsi, but I'll, I'll kick it off with what we talk about the most is the expected goals for percentage. Basically, it's a calculation of all the shot attempts in the game weighted differently with how much percentage chance that is of being a goal. It factors in the angle of the shot, the distance of the shot, the type of shot, if it's a rebound, if it's on five on five, the power play, what have you. It's basically shots on goal on steroids giving you accounts if the shot was blocked if the shot missed the net it's just everything and they all have a different value there it's it's not they're all not ranked the same they're they're weighted differently and i think that is what we point to the best because i think over the course of the past 10 years or so when analytics have become more more prominent in hockey like most stanley cup winners have been one of the top expected goals for teams in the league because they are teams that typically control play. If you have more expected goals, then you're typically getting more offensive zone time, which means you're defending less, which is always good. That's what you want to do in hockey. And like, there's a wide, a wide range of expected goals for percentages. You have the devils leading the league right now, 60.64%. Also worth noting, most of these stats, I think, unless unless specified are at either five on five or even strength because it just goes completely out the window out of whack with uh, special teams. But yeah, on five on five, it's devils 60.64%. And then you have the coyotes and the ducks both down there just below 40%. So there's a good chunk. There's a good, good range there, but there is a bunch of teams like sixth is the lightning at 53.62. And then um, 16th is the stars at 50.72. So there's like a, there's a, a, a big chunk there in the middle that kind of fluctuate there. But yeah, overall, basically expected goals for percentage is the, the expected goal share the team has in the course of whatever you're looking at the game, the season, the last 10 games, basically it's a factor of how, if there were a hundred goals scored, what percentage of them would they have? If there were 10 goals scored, you know, what, what have you? So I think that's the most informative in a larger sample size, but there are some that, you know, sometimes outside factors factor in, but when you're looking for, I think looking for futures, that's something you should look at. We talked about that with the hurricanes. They're one of the best expected goals for percentage teams in the league, and they're not getting 
that respect in the futures. So I think that's better to look at futures, but it's also good to look at for uh, individual games because if there's a team that's playing well, especially recently, and have better expected goals for percentage, you know, that's something you can use if they're an underdog to kind of get an edge. Yep. Yeah, I just went to you because the expected goals, that's what we usually use in the, uh, the regular the game analysis and whatnot but Mm -hmm. yeah Corsi is definitely um one of the fundamental analytical stats it's basically the plus minus of shots directed at the goal regardless of whether they reach the goal because they're block tipped or whatever it's essentially used as a possession metric because naturally the more team okay i I need to i need to pause this right now the sabers are up six nothing with less than three minutes left in the first period tate Tate thompson has four goals Tate Thompson has four goals in, in 18 minutes. Blue Jackets suck, man. They're the worst team in my power rankings. So. so bad. Got it. And they're on a back-to-back, too. Like, they were actually decent against the Pens yesterday. Like, not, not the yeah, better no, team, I mean, but it, they it were, was close. were respectable. Um, but, no, they just uh, they only have one game in them, I guess. <laughs> and then the Sabres just uh, cleaned up the mess. Um, yeah, well, the, the Blue Jackets have a four-on-three power play now, apparently. Uh, but anyway, going back to Corsi, uh, yeah, it's the fundamental stat. It's uh, essentially used as a possession metric because naturally the more team has the puck, the more they'll be trying to get the puck on net. It's also important to recognize game state, though. A team that is behind multiple goals, like the Blue Jackets, will be likelier to chuck any puck at the net because they're desperate. Uh, so you don't want to look at the Corsi 4 of a team that's down six goals. <laughs> uh, this may be, like this this creates noise in the metric, which is why you can uh, also break it down into just Corsi even, which only grades how teams perform while in a neutral or a tied game state, or uh, maybe if they're down one goal, there's also a metric for that. But it, it gets broken down that way. It's also important to know that the best use of mostly stats, like you said before, is to include only five and five. And that's because, uh, like you're saying, both due to how a team would be penalized or unfairly rewarded by how often they run the penalty kill or power play, respectively, and because 5-on-5 five five is a truer indicator of how a team performs than in the more luck-driven game state of special teams. Remember, these stats are also uh, individual-based, too. So a, a player will have a course for stat, not just teams. Um, so a penalty killer will have, naturally, uh, a worse course for than, uh, than a power player. Uh, you might also hear the stat Fenwick, which is exactly the same as Corsi, except it doesn't include block shots. It is arguable which one is a more helpful metric, and the argument for Fenwick is that block shots are a positive stat, so they shouldn't contribute to a more negative Corsi score. But I think it's a pretty trivial difference, considering a team with more of the block shots are obviously on the defensive more often. So that's just a, a philosophical debate, as it were. Finally, we go to uh, PDO. We've, we've talked about this before. It's a simple yet no less useful stat. All it does is add save percentage to shooting percentage because these are two of the more luck-driven counting stats we referenced earlier. If a team is getting an inordinately high PDO while suffering from some of the other stats, there's a good chance that they'll regress to the mean in the near future because that is the nature of fortunate events over a significant period of time. Now, the flaw in this stat is obvious. Some teams just have really fucking good goalies and scores. Naturally, a team with Kucherov on the wing and Vasilevsky in net will likely outperform what their PDO suggests they will, especially in the playoffs of those two. All the same, PDO is another useful stat to consider, especially when you're confident that a team and their goalies are playing well above their talent level, such as this year's Arizona Coyotes or the Buffalo Sabres when they're in this this, this mood. <laughs> Yeah, I think to your point of the the team that is like behind six nothing is going to be shooting more because they're the team that's up 
is going to be playing more defensive is I know natural stat trick has a, uh, you can go five on five score in venue adjusted, which adjusted it adjusts it. I think it takes out some of the blowout games and it adjusts for home and away. So that's more of a better overall look. And yeah, for, for Corsi versus Fenwick, I, I understand both sides of that as well, but I think that if it depends really what you're looking for, if you're looking for the team that, because Fenwick, you don't want shots to get blocked. Like you want to be able to find shooting lanes. So I, I see that angle to it, but also, yeah, if, if you're blocking shots, you don't have the puck. So that's not, that's not what you like to see. So whenever a defenseman is like leading the league and block shots, like the flyers typically have, it's not, it's not a good stat there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you mentioned PDO and having a uh, good goaltender being able to play. And that's something we, we've talked about as well. You brought it up in the, uh, Vesna trophy odds, especially is a uh, gay, Goals saved above expected. It's basically how many goal expected goals a team allows minus how many goals the goalie actually gives up. So, for example, at 5-on-5 five five this season, Connor Howlbuck leads that stat, according to Natural Stat Trick, with 14.5 goals saved above expected. Um, he's only allowed 28 goals when there were 45 goals expected against. Uh, the worst in that category is Elvis Merzlikens, who I'm not sure if he started tonight for Columbus, but uh, he's allowed 31 goals, and Columbus has only allowed 18 expected goals with him in net. So you have uh, Jack Campbell, Jake Allen, James Reimer also down there. I think this is kind of more of a true test of how a goalie is performing, because like you look at the top Vesna candidates, they're here. Hellebuck is first, Gorgiev second. Allmark third, Sorokin fourth, Thompson fifth. Like that is, this shows you how goalies are playing, even if their team is giving up a shit ton of expected goals. Like Carter Hart has allowed 34 goals. The save percentage isn't great, but the Flyers have allowed almost 43 expected goals with him in net. So he has, do has, does have a net positive ex, uh, goal save above expected, slightly better than uh, Igor Shostorkin even. So Carter Hart has been keeping the Flyers uh from entirely tanking, which I don't like, but that's a good example of goal saved above expected there. And uh, I think we touched on everything. I guess just high. No, yeah, we touched on everything. We don't have to go into like high danger chances or anything like that. Nah, I think we covered it. High danger chances are basically just a certain kind of expected goal anyway. Yeah, they're basically way. from the, the face-off dots to the crease in like a, a home plate type of shape. Not not to bring up baseball again, but to in like a home plate type of shape there. Well, you, you should be the one the expert on the analytics, considering how important they are for baseball, the whole the whole money ball and all that yeah. stuff. I mean, right? I, I mean, I, I know you typically are the professor here and you're the nerd with your numbers, but I've I've been into hockey analytics since at least since when they started getting popular. I remember like War on Ice was one of the original sites. Like really start before they becoming more popular. So I, I've always been a big fan of Corsi. Expected goals becoming more better. And you mentioned uh, uh, game score above average. There's also the GAR, games above replacement. There's plenty of different uh, calculations out there you can read into. Definitely a good resource is that athletic guide. Or I like natural stat trick. Money puck's good. Evolving hockey's good. There's plenty out there uh, if you want any of them. Um, you can shout us out on the Discord, sg.pn slash Discord. Uh, we're in there in the hockey channel. I also want to wanted to point out before this, I think this was the first time you made any inkling of asking for a review when you said you wanted to get a question in a review there. So that's uh, some positive progress for you there. I like it. Yeah, I don't like to shill for stuff, but uh, <laughs> I would like uh, a few more topics to talk about because uh, this is fun. 
Yeah, this is good stuff to get get into uh, besides just the straight games, especially when we only have a uh, five game slate on a Thursday, which is seems really, really low for a, a Thursday. It's usually a, a heavier slate there, but hopefully uh, these stats and these segments can help you win some bets. And speaking of winning bets. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We are bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Looking to get involved in a same-game parlay? WinBet is your home with their WinBet Build Your Own Bet feature, letting you customize the bet you want to make. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Mostly 20 or older and present in the state where playthrough is available. If you or somebody knows a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, I feel like that uh, opening segment may go longer than breaking down these five games. Well, I guess we'll see here. But are you ready to get into this uh, five-game slate for Thursday, December 8th? Sir, yes, sir. All right. We are kicking it off here at the 7 o'clock slot. we got two 7 o'clock games. Kicking it off in Toronto. The Maple Leafs are hosting the Los Angeles Kings. Maple Leafs minus 170. Kings are plus 145. Over-under is at 6.5. The over is kicking is paying off minus 105. Under is at minus 115. Um, you know, I, I like how the Leafs have been playing recently. They've been really hot. They're 9-0-3 in the last 12. 12-1-4 in their last, uh, what's that, 17, 17 games there. Kings only 3-3-3 three, three, three in their last nine with those wins against the Senators, Coyotes, and the Sharks. But I still think this price is too high for for the, for the Leafs. I don't know if I trust them enough there at minus one seventy. I don't know if I'm thinking the Kings are what they were last season and and not what they are this season. But looking at those expected goal goals four percent, the, the Kings are are above, if not equal to the uh, the Leafs in the last ten games. Kings are at fifty one percent. Leafs are at forty eight percent. Uh, overall, the Kings are also better. They're 10th at 53%. Leafs down there, 14th at 51%. Um, it is Samsonov confirmed for the Leafs after Matt Murray had a shutout there in Dallas. I'm assuming it's going to be quick for the uh, Kings. So I would lean to the Kings here at plus 145. Not going to bet this game yet, but I, I would hope for a uh, better price to come and might sprinkle some Kings plus 160 or around there. Yeah, I'm where you're at with the the waiting on the Kings. I do think that the Leafs will get the money, considering I have the Leafs uh, a bit of value here. I think I got them at minus 178. So uh, minus 170, I would suggest that uh, I should bet them. But uh, I'm not going to do that just yet, because I think the Kings have the better situation here. Just waiting waiting in Toronto while the Toronto were in a war against the Dallas Stars. Uh, they committed like so many penalties, but they're, they're penalty killing, and Matt Murray bailed them out. They get 44 saves. Uh, we'll see. It could be... Yeah, I, I was suspect. I was suspicious and doubtful that the Leafs would continue to sustain these, uh, these uh, low-scoring performances considering all the injuries in the back end there, but they, they have done. But uh, they're getting TJ Brody back Potentially, I think that he's this is his timetable to return for 
December 8th. So a, he could be back, which would be a big boost for them, considering they're playing with a bunch of young kids there. And then Victor Mete is out now, too. So I don't even know who they're going to bring in for him if, if Brody's not in. But, uh, yeah, that said, I like the Kings here. Just, just waiting there in Ontario for a couple days while the Leafs were in a war there in Texas, now flying back home. That's a good spot for the Kings. I'm going to wait and uh, see if we get a better number. But uh, at this point, it's not good enough. But well, under six and a half, though, yeah, that's definitely good enough for me. Under six and a half and minus 115. Uh, we all, I just said it, the Leafs are, they're getting good goaltending. They're getting good defense. So even a Samsonov who did great in um, Murray's absence. Uh, so, yeah, I love the under here uh, at this point. But waiting for a better Kings number. Yeah, and the, and the Kings did beat the Leafs uh, 4-2 in Los Angeles back in October, so they, they had that experience already. Uh, other 7 o'clock game here, we have the Nashville Predators at the Tampa Bay Lightning. game itself is in Tampa Bay. Lightning are minus 205 on the money line. Lightning on the puck line are plus 135. Predators are plus 175 on the money line. Overrunners at 6, overpaying minus 115, under minus 105. What do you got here for the Bolts? I like the way the Lightning would play, and uh, even losing that game against the Red Wings, um, they should have lost the game, I'm not saying otherwise, but uh, when they were losing, they absolutely came out of the gates in the third period uh, with uh, their asses on fire, and uh, absolutely dominated that third period, and maybe he could have won the game there if uh, John, Co- John Cooper didn't get too cute. I mean, he pulled the goalie with down two goals with five minutes, 30 seconds left. And they scored immediately, so he looked like a genius. But then he pulled the goalie again at <laughs> five minutes left, and they're down two to one. And the Red Wings immediately scored in the empty net. So uh, all his genius work was undone there. <laughs> so uh, uh, maybe he learns his lesson going forward. I don't know, but he's, al- he's always been uh, a bit like Patrick Waugh in terms of pulling the goalie early. So I respect that. Uh, but that said, the, the Lightning have been playing some decent hockey. They toe to toe with the Leafs there. Meanwhile, the Predators uh, I keep. Uh, inching them down in my rankings. They're not playing good hockey. Uh, the goaltending is still not risen to the level that we expect from BC Soros. And, of course, uh, we mentioned multiple times the uh, regression to the mean of guys like Yossi and Duchesne. So that's all happening. And the Lightning get a big player back, and Anthony Cirelli. He's hugely important for them. He's going to be able to uh, shut down guys like Duchesne and um, uh, Philip Forsberg and, and whatnot. So I, I like the lighting here in regulation. Uh, you probably got that around minus one thirty-five, and uh, yeah, give me that's that's what I I like for this game. I mean, my number it doesn't suggest that is that lightning minus one ninety-three, but uh, that that's fine. I like the lightning regulation for this one. Yeah, I was trying to find find some money here because I do think the Lightning are definitely the better team, but minus 205 wasn't been much for me. So regulation might be the play here. Uh, Tampa has the best expected goals for in the last 10 games. They're 7-3 and three in those 10 games. Um, Nashville, like you said, they have been playing. I mean, they're 7-2-1 in their last 10, but they have the eighth-worst expected goals for. I don't know if that's just due to their opposition. Uh, Islanders, they beat the Islanders, Devils, Ducks, Coyotes, Islanders, Wild, Rangers in the last in their last nine games. So a few impressive wins, a few wins just against some some bad teams there. But yeah, Tampa Bay here at home off of that game against the Red Wings where they outshot them by 22, I think. This is a spot where they're able to. Um, yeah, there's that. There's that game state though. There's the game state because they were losing there, and that, but they weren't losing by, by, by so many. True, was, true. Like you got to respect them coming out of the the gate there in the third period and all that. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to bring it up. Yeah, it's always yeah. good to get a callback to the uh, the earlier parts in the episode. Perfect example there. Yeah, but also looking at 
I may have to second guess that regulation bet because of four of the last six or seven wins for the Lightning have been in overtime against Dallas, Nashville, Buffalo, and Toronto. So I could see Nashville pushing them to overtime. So this is probably going to be, I know there's only five games and we shouldn't be passing at all, but this might be, might be a pass game for me or, or take the Predators if the line gets better or just wait for the goalies. And if somehow it's Brian Elliott, definitely take the Predators. But I, I can't trust the Lightning just yet at uh, minus 205. Going down to uh, 7.30 here, we have the Detroit Red Wings at the Florida Panthers. Panthers back home here. Big home favorites, minus 195. Panthers on the puck line, plus 130. Red Wings on the, on the money line, or plus 165. Over under 6.5. Over paying off, minus 120. Under is plus 100 here. Uh, I do have a play for this one. I'm going with Florida on the puck line. Um, I got them plus 140. I think plus 130 is, is just fine with me. Red Wings coming off. Uh, a big win, Tampa Bay. They enjoyed that one. They beat, beat Columbus as well. But going into Florida after their uh, Florida's road trip, coming back home, having a day off, I think Florida is just a different team at home, even though they're not playing too great so far this season. Detroit tends to either win or lose by two or more goals. So, yeah, Florida's last few wins, 5-1, 5-1, 5-2. Uh, could see a maybe a Florida team total if you prefer that. But I'm going with the puck line here for – some extra value and for the total i would lean to the over just because florida can score four or five themselves but i'll probably stay away from that i don't know if you're mocking me or just uh frankly just stealing my line there with the uh just fine with me bit <laughs> i wasn't mocking you I, I don't know if that's just subconscious have i been talking yeah. to you too much or what yeah i guess so i guess i'm just uh a very influential person, like uh, are, one of those yeah. Instagram models, like an influencer. Um, anyway, for this game, I have the Panthers at minus 187, so not much value there. Uh, but I, I do like the Panthers a lot better. It's just the fact that they're coming off of uh, a longish road trip. Meanwhile, the Red Wings are in Florida, much like the uh, the Leafs and Kings situation. That said, the Red Wings just had a big win against the, the Lightning. You know, I was talking about it in one of the earlier episodes about the the Eisman Bowl with Derek Lalonde and Steve Eisman coming back to Tampa. So that's a big win for them. I'm not sure that they're going to show the same energy here. So I lean to the Panthers, but uh, I like the over. Like The Panthers are, are still not quite the same team like last year, but but pretty similar. I mean, their defense is still the same. It, it's garbage. They don't even have Mackenzie Weaker now, and uh, the goaltending is a bit better. Maybe the offense isn't as good. Well, it's a lot worse, actually. But still, like they still play the same kind of uh, high-paced style, even with Paul Maurice behind the bench. And uh, the the wing, I'm really trying. I'm struggling. The wings have uh, have some goal scores too, and uh, they're not going to get the same kind of performance out of Vili, out of Vili Huso in that third period. He he was pretty damn good um, all game long, really. So yeah, I give him the over six and a half here, minus one twenty. I like that uh, the best for this one. Yeah, I was going to note here that Florida was 4-0 head-to-head last year with three of the wins by two or more goals. But looking at the uh, game log of that. Florida was minus 550, minus 380, and minus 395 in those two games, those three games. So I don't know what was going on with with the Red Wings then, but yeah, maybe, maybe that's not uh, too much to look at there. So yeah, Florida on the puck line, I still like, but yeah, we'll see with that. Uh, going down to the eight o'clock game, the next to last game here, starting off at eight o'clock, we got the Winnipeg Jets at the St. Louis Blues. The game itself is in St. Louis, but the Jets here road favorites slightly, minus 120. Blues are plus 100, over-unders at 6, over minus 120, 
under plus 100. What do you think for this one? Well, I don't know. The, the, the Lions opened with the wrong team favorite, the Jets, uh, as an underdog. Uh, naturally scooped that up because I have the Jets as minus 130. So uh, still value here at only minus 120. Uh, the Jets have been playing some much better hockey lately, uh, even in terms of the underlying stuff. Uh, they think they're 12th best in the last month in terms of expected goals, four percentage, which is a big upgrade on their, their early season performances where they were totally relying on Hellebuck. Uh, but now they're getting more buy-in from the rest of the team. And uh, getting the job done, like they 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 bullied uh, Florida the other night too. They won five uh, two or something like that. Um, See, so yeah, I like the Jets here quite a bit. Just a big goaltending advantage and uh, overall team advantage. Both teams don't really have many good defenders, but uh, yeah, I think the Jets have the better goal scorers right now. And um, yeah, their their penalty kill is fixed. Like uh, that was the problem for years with the Jets, but. This year, they're doing a lot better. I don't have the stats in front of me, but uh, just anecdotally, I know that they're not the fucking 32nd worst team in the, uh, the NHL in the penalty kill like they were in previous previous years. And the Blues power play, of course, is uh, much diminished without David Perron. I say it all the time. And uh, yeah, Tarasenko's not having the same year as he did last year. And Pavel Bushnevich is probably out too. So that's a big loss for them, who is a very important player. It's kind of like the... Chushkin of the Blues, so yeah, give me the uh, the Jets here, minus one twenty, slightly into the under, but not really. <laughs> Jets minus one twenty. Yeah, no, I love the Jets here too. I wish I did see that opening line with them as underdogs, but I'm I'm good with minus one twenty there. There should be bigger favorites to to get your point there. Uh, Winnipeg has the fourth best penalty kill at eighty three percent. St. Louis worst fourth penalty. best. Okay, I didn't think it was that good. Yeah, Holy St. Shit. Louis has the worst penalty kill in the league at sixty five percent. And Winnipeg's hot right now. They've won back-to-back games, 5-2 final scores, uh, five of their past six, won 5-0 against Colorado, 7-2, 5-4. They've been putting up some goals. St. Louis did have that win in on Long Island there on the back-to-back, but they besides that, they had they lost four in a row. They uh, did beat Florida with that comeback in overtime on the second half of back-to-back, but... Yeah, I think Winnipeg here, they're, they're a much better team. They also have, more importantly, the much better goalie. I think Halibut here is, we talked about it, I talked about it before, he is the best goal saved above expected so far this season. They're clicking right now. Shifley, uh, Connor, Wheeler, Josh Morrissey has been great. So, yeah, Winnipeg here, they beat St. Louis 4 nothing back on October 24th at home. Outshot them there 43-25. So I think Winnipeg here, even on the road, they're 6-4-1. and St. Louis five and six at home. I think Winnipeg here is definitely would have would have been a, a contender for my lock if we were doing that. But there's also only five games, so yeah, Winnipeg is going to be one of our one of our consensus plays here. And then uh, closing out the slate, the fifth and final game here at a late late uh, eight thirty p.m. Eastern time at the Ottawa Senators at the Dallas Stars. Uh, Dallas Stars are minus one ninety five on the money line. Plus 130 on the puck line. The Senators' money line is plus 165. Over-under is at 6.5. Over plus 100. Under is minus 120 here. Uh, I think this is a good bounce-back spot for the Stars. The Senators just got absolutely embarrassed by the Kings on home ice on Tuesday. Uh, Talon was right. He had the Kings as his lock at plus 100. or plus might have even been plus 110. And he, he just they won, beat him 5-2. Stars had a tough loss there against the Leafs at home, had had that loss against the Wild in a shootout. But I think a team like the Senators are the perfect spot for the 
stars to bounce back here. Um, I also do lean to the under. I think Ottinger or Wedgwood would both be good, and Ottawa can't really score too much. So I like. I did put in a parlay already of Dallas minus one and the under six and a half for uh, plus 245. I think there were some good odds there. But if you want to just take Dallas on their own or Dallas regulation or just the under on its own, I think all those are, are pretty good bets. I'm going to go the other way with the uh, the total there. I don't have a much much of a feel for the side. Got the Stars at minus 175. Situation is a bit uh, in the favor of the Stars there after that uh, game. They probably should have won against the Leafs. They just uh, gave up uh, too many chances against in terms of the uh, the two on ones, whatever, but they have like four or five alone in the first period against the Leafs. So uh, I think the Stars deserved a better result. Certainly shouldn't have been shut out in that game. Uh, so I lean to the Stars, but a better bet here is over six and a half at plus one hundred. Uh, both teams are in the top ten in terms of expected goals for, and uh, Ottinger has not been the same goalie since coming back from injury, and uh, the Sens basically don't have a goal anymore. They they, they all suck. It doesn't matter if it's uh, Talbot, who also hasn't been been great for them this year, or uh, or the other goalie is some Swede. I don't remember. Goalies don't matter. Forsberg, uh, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Anton Forsberg. Uh, yeah, so I don't really care about the goalies, and I don't care for either defense. I mean, they're both uh, average to below average in terms of expected goals against. So I, I expect a fairly high scoring game in this one. So at over six and a half plus one hundred, I'm gonna back seven plus goals. Uh, yeah, that, that's where I'm going. All right, yeah, I mean, it's kind of tough here. Only a five-game slate, latest game at 8.30, so we'll definitely be in the hockey channel looking for some sort of late sweat there, whether it's a NBA bet or some uh, NFL, not really good Thursday night game, or just looking forward to the World Cup, like Joel and I were talking before the show. He's going to be getting some uh, sleep in there before the early games on Friday, so uh, maybe that's not what the NHL is doing, having a light uh, Thursday night to prepare for the World Cup. I'm sure that's was exactly in their plans. All right, you got anything else you want to bring up here before we wrap it up? No, I think we're good. All right, well, if you're listening this, this far and you're not subscribed to the Hockey Gilman Podcast, I'm not sure what you're doing, so make sure you subscribe to the Hockey Gilman Podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and review, Apple, Spotify, wherever. It all counts. It all helps the show grow. Shit, tell it to your friends. Post it on Twitter. Post it wherever. Uh, yeah, we appreciate the support. We're, we're growing every day. We're doing trying to do more daily podcasts here, and we appreciate the support in the growth and everything there. Get in the Discord, sg.pn slash Discord, and follow us on Twitter at HockeySGPN. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Ryan Gilbert. You can follow me on Twitter at rgilbertsop. I'm Joel Myron. You'll find me appreciating a certain Discorder named... Beijing Wings, who continues to produce produce outstanding work. Uh, most recently, <laughs> making a little uh, a little commercial for my Sex Music Barbarian playlist. It's uh, damn good stuff. So there's another reason to join the Discord for, for the, the great work that the great Beijing Wings. Go Wings. Wings.